podcast. podcast. Do do Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Four house on the hill. From Delco. Four house on the hill. Boop, oh, boop. yeah, that's a Two house on the hill. Don't pull your skirt too short. Everybody's gonna wanna be up in that shorts. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. Um, you're on speakerphone. Yeah, so are you, bitch. Wait, you're, why do you put me on speakerphone? Because I don't feel like holding the phone out to my ear. Oh my god, that's so embarrassing. It's a lot of work for me. Um, well, we're recording, so I want to do our intro. Um, what are you eating? I'm eating, I'm eating a, a giant chocolate chip cookie. And I have um, a giant glass of apple cider. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Very seasonal. Yeah. Um, I told you I'm doing Sober October, right? Um, no, but that's good. It's almost over. So you probably feel good now. Yeah, I think I'm going to keep going again. Yeah, it's worth it. It's like, fuck it. We yeah. don't need it. Yeah, I would say this time quitting drinking was actually harder than when I quit in January. Why is that? Um, I don't know. I think there's just something about October that makes me want to be drinking beers. I think maybe it's the easing into the seasonal depression. Like, the days are getting shorter significantly in, in October. Yeah. yeah, that's a hard time. Yes, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Like, right now it's not hard, but, like, in the past... Yes, for sure, because you just want to, like, curl up mm-hmm. and, like, drink a beer and forget that anything is happening. And there's all the pumpkin beer that comes out and stuff. Um, yeah, like, people make a big deal out of fall beers, like, and, and all of a sudden, like, especially when you're younger, you're, like, you were outside all the time, now you're, like, fucking stuck inside. It's You're stuck inside all the time. It's boring. Like, what the fuck else, you know? Well, I've been going outside a lot, but because I mean, we've had a really warm October, but the, the, there's, nice, there's yeah. no stopping the days getting shorter. And like, I think that's what it is. Whereas like in January, when you quit, it's like you're already, it's already like the darkest time of the year, you know, or the days are actually starting to get brighter significantly. So um, yeah. little by little in January. So I don't know. January was easy, but October, it was not easy. Um, to yeah. quit drinking. And then um, I've also already lost five pounds, too, again. Nice. Yeah, like, I don't know. I was, I'm kind of, like, disturbed by this weight gain and loss from just beer. It's pretty... Alcohol is fucking poison. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Like, I used to be like, oh, like, I'm an alcoholic, but, like, I respect alcohol like no I don't fucking like good I don't have a problem with people drinking it but like no I don't think it's good for you Mm -hmm. and um I yeah I I really do think that for most people it's probably not not it's not good for anybody and I want to put this out there for people listening like yeah I'm gaining what happened last time I lost 15 pounds and I quit for like three months and I lost like five pounds a month 
Um, and I lost fucking 15 fucking pounds. And when I was started drinking again and I didn't drink, I don't drink a lot. Like I would drink like maybe three beers in a drinking session twice a week. That's what I was doing. And, or maybe, well, on the weekends. So pr Friday, Saturday, I'd probably drink on Sunday too. In any case, um, I totally just gained back the 15 pounds immediately. Yeah. And, uh, but I just want to get this out there too, because like I'm eating this chocolate chip cookie. I eat a lot more sweets when I'm not drinking. To kind of, I was just going to say, yeah. yeah, alcohol is just sugar. It's just straight fucking sugar. Um, but even... Yeah, and after Sorry. both times that I quit drinking, like mm -hmm. I couldn't, I can't, couldn't fucking stop eating ice cream every night. And this is a thing that would last like the first couple years. Mm. Like it's horrible. Like your body is so confused yeah. when you, when you're used to drinking like frequently and then you take it away. It just wants the sugar. Well, also I just want to say though, even though I am eating sweets more, I, d I don't gain weight from the sweets. I still keep because losing weight. It's. It's still not empty calories. Yeah. Like, that's the other oh, thing. Like, okay. And that's what it all is. that shit is empty calories. Oh. Just empty sugar. It doesn't fill you up. And then you end up eating more at the end of the night, too. People say that is part of the reason for weight gain. Hmm. Well, or the beer has a lot of carbs. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, it does have a lot of carbs, yeah. But I feel like that's, like, part of the whole thing with the sugar. But, yeah, there it's, like, because uh, it's from yeast, too. So it's got, I don't know, whatever. I'm not a nutritionist. I just know uh, if you, I think it's worth doing Sober October and seeing how you feel if you're somebody who just, like, has never taken 30 days off of drinking. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and it helps, too, to if for, for our Sober Curious listeners like to do it in like a month where a lot of other people are doing it because you could find like, you know, some solidarity there. And um, I made Gus yeah. commit with me this time too. Um, I didn't want to do it alone. Like I said, it was harder this time. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do it by yourself too. I mean, I wish that like when I was much younger that I had done that a couple of times like with some support. Because mm -hmm. um, I think that for me, like, it was just, like, a normal part of life, alcohol, and, like, yeah. I just, it was always, like, considered fine to be, like, if you were upset, like, drink. Like, people always drank at funerals and stuff, and, yeah. like, you know, um, you're never forced to be, like, oh, I have to sit with these feelings now, you know, but if you make a commitment and you have people around you to support you, then you can start to do that. Um, also I realized too, when I was drinking again, like alcohol really disturbed my, um, sleep patterns. Um, I've heard that it does. Yeah. I wasn't sleeping as well. Um, and <clears throat> I, I don't know, I guess hangovers bothered me more. I guess I didn't realize like when you're not having hangovers for like three, four months, like, and then you have a hangover, you're like, what the hell? And it's like, yeah, it's awful. Yeah. Like, That's why my... would you ever do that to yourself? Beelzebub's being really annoying today, so we're probably going to be hearing him yelling. Um, oh, Beelzebub. Mm -hmm. Why is he doing that? I don't know. He's just... Be Some days he just wants more attention than others, you know? And... Yeah. This is one of the... <laughs> He's like... Knows we're talking about him. He's like coming up to... He's like coming up to me. What? So loud. Because he ate and everything, too. The thing is, he ate, and now he wants to play. Aww. Um, 
but there's no winning in the afternoon. It's all it's all for Bub. It, it, you have to pay attention to him. Uh, anyway, but uh, speaking, uh, I guess I should say you're listening to hosts from Delco. This is Beth Heinley and Marine Cummings. Uh, okay. Yeah, we. This is a podcast. Uh, we have sections of the podcast. Let's try try to breeze through them real quick because I'm getting sick of the sections of the podcast. I gotta say, I'm nearly ready to like just stop having them. Thank God, because I've always hated them. I just like uh, think it's funny to have sections of the podcast, you know, and you know I do have us categorized in as a comedy podcast, you know. Um, uh-huh. So because of that, I just feel kind of obligated to stick to this shtick, you know. Um, and this is the episode 45 that we're on. Uh, we're almost at a milestone for two hosts for, from Delco because we said that we were only doing 100 episodes and we're almost to 50 episodes. I can't believe we're not even halfway there. <laughs> we're so dedicated to like recording our conversations, Maureen. Like that's, I, I'm being sarcastic. I think it's, I honestly, I, I don't, I wouldn't have documented this time really any other way because like I'm not on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm glad that we're still doing it. Well, in any case, uh, the, the this, uh, episode of the podcast, episode 45, uh, we, we discuss topics, you know, we're not an educational podcast. We don't research, you know, um, and, research. um, and, uh, I would say we're each of us are neither like particularly that intellectual, um, too. Um, so there's that. But uh, we're talking about Todd Salons. Um, Salons. That's our topic today. <clears throat> Sorry, I need some more cider here. Get some more. Hmm, that's good. The, good lan- cider. the lantern flies have not interrupted the apple cider harvest. Oh, is that a thing? I saw a lantern fly yesterday and I didn't kill it. That's fucked up, Marine. I'm sorry. I just am having a really hard time with it. I seriously got into this whole like existential thought pattern and I just fucking couldn't do it. Like you like feeling bad like killing it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean like that. Well, they, um, what they do is they kill, like, apple crops, apple trees, yeah. and, and, and wine, or, or orchards, because they, what they do is they nest on trees, and it kills a tree. They eat the sap from it, and it kills it. I just feel like every time I kill one, it's like a sacrifice. Like, I'm making, like, I'm, like, giving its life to be, like, humanity's more important than you, fucker. Like. Yeah. Um, make me feel bad. But they're not supposed to be here. Uh, this You're isn't... not supposed to be here. We're not supposed to be here. Europeans aren't supposed to be here in America. I guess that's for sure. You but have look, a point. we just took it, just like the lantern flies. Yeah, I guess you have a point there. Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, it's really disturbing too. They uh, in Center City, Philadelphia, they uh, have mistaken like skyscrapers as like places to nest as trees. So and. Um, so like all around skyscrapers in center city, it's past that. But when they were hatching, there was an explosion of lantern flies, like all around the skyscrapers, like on the sidewalks, like 
Like, it was disgusting. Like, it, w- it would look like leaves on the ground, but it was, like, lantern flies. And, I heard about that. There yeah. was, like, a lot on the, in the streets. Yeah. Yeah, and it's because they're nesting on skyscrapers. Um, yeah, pretty creepy. But, uh, you know, whatever. I like to have apple cider in the fall, so I'm going to kill as many lantern flies. My cats love chasing them, too. I don't let them eat them because they're poisonous to cats are they well i looked it up and they said that you should assume that they're poisonous to cats there's not a lot of information because it's they haven't hit really over here um but like to assume that they are but also my cats so my cats like for it's so cats of course that they love chasing lanternflies because first off they're kind of dumb and slow and they're big and they have the bright what uh, red wings and they hop so it's like a perfect cat toy they love them i imagine it would be and they're yeah. like are loud kind of and then like when they smack into shit they'll yeah. just like be like Pah. yeah like the, my, awesome. my cats love them so but what happens is like basically they'll like bite into them and they're really gushy and my cats seem like they're not even interested in eating them they like they like make a gross yuck face uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yuck yeah, like flies, they love eating flies, and they also like love eating like, um, what are those, silverfish? Those oh, gross. I hate them. Yeah. Yeah, they love eating those, and they love eating flies and stuff. But lantern flies, they don't just eat; they're not into them. Um, but still, I have to like they catch the lantern fly, and then I have to go over and like get it, and then I dispose of it. This is really, I'm not even joking, this is, like, valuable data for me as a veterinary technician in these times, because you'd be surprised the shit people ask. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, you should let them know that, um, because I looked it up on the AS, um, ASA, ASCAP, what the hell is the... ASPCA. ASPCA. I always do that with that one. Anyway. God, you're so stupid. I am, I am. And there are certain things I'll, like, never fucking learn, you know? Well, same. Like, is it Kamala or Kamala? I'll never really... No, I know it's Kamala. Well, guess what I fucking say, Kamala. That's what I've been saying. Is it, I think it's Kamala. Be... Kamala, right? Kamala. I yeah. feel like it's Kamala. No. Kamala? Kamala. Kamala. I call her Kamala, like Katamala Olive. She's my little Katamala Olive. Um... On to racist confessions. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you just did, like, black lady voice. Oh, well, I mean, I said, you know what a kam- katamala olive is, right? It's, a, like, a black olive. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, Maureen. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't. It, yeah. it, as it was coming out of my mouth, I realized sort of the double entendre, and there you go. There you have my racist confession for you the fucking, fucking pod- racist podcast. bitch. <laughs> that, that's adorable that i thought it was a nice endearing thing to say about our i'm gonna tell our, everyone about about the dem- token black candidate for vice president let's just fucking call it a, yeah. call a spade a spade yeah <laughs> there you go again there oh you go again marine you're on fire on fucking racist fire um yeah racist confessions is one of the sections of the podcast I want my racist confection. Confection. Oh my yeah, god! I love it when it's racist confections, <laughs> and I do need to bake you a cake one time. <gasps> That's one of my <laughs> dumb word things. 
I love it. I'm almost crying right now. I love racist confections. Like, when my brain, like, really starts to deteriorate as I get older, it's going to be fucking hilarious. <laughs> Mine's already like that. I'm going to be, like, the worst old person starting probably at, like, 55. Like, it's just going to be bad. Um, like, and people are going to be like, are, were you born in the 1920s? I'm going to be like, no. I've decided my racist confession this week. I'm playing it safe, but... Um, because I'm feeling really vulnerable about my racism this week. Are you? Yeah, a little fragile, a little extra fragile. Uh huh. Yeah, a little extra white fragility. Um, Is it from the movie? Is it from the movie? What? Which one? Well, the storytelling. Oh, story. Okay. Yeah. No. Did that make storytelling you feel is so hilarious. Oh my god. We'll talk about it. But um, <clears throat> Maureen just you Maureen just watched storytelling, which was like is it, I think it's 1998. No, it was, it was 2001, which 2001, at okay. first I thought it was brand new when I started watching it. And I was like, oh, I wonder when this is set. And then I saw that it was made then. Well, because sorry, it's so relevant, too. too fast. I, al- I always jump into the topic too fast. And yeah. it's like really like it's like basically like I'm prematurely ejaculating and ruining the podcast. So I'm really sorry, everybody. Whereas I'm like an edge lord. I'm, I'm into edging. <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> so like, um, yeah, what were we talking? Oh, I, can I say my racist confession though? Um, so like I was saying, yeah. I'm ha- feeling the white fragility this week, so I'm going easy on myself. And my racist confession is that I automatically assume that a black person doesn't like me because I'm white. Oh, I, I do that too. I get real, like, um, I'm like, I actually kind of look at them. I'm like, are we cool? We cool, bro? Like in yeah. my mind, I don't say that to them cause that's wrong. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of like anxiety is like really fucking fucked up. Um, yeah. But how can we, you know, it's there. It's part of the thing. Yeah, I think it's a it's a part of it's like a psyop though, like trying to convince us and separate us, you know, in a way. And uh, oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah. it's still the uncomfortability has it's been still there. Yeah, it, it's been bred into us mm-hmm. for generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, maybe by confessing it on this podcast, I can somehow begin to heal and rise above it and not assume a black person hates me because I'm white. I feel like that's a fair assumption considering that like, no, like most, most of the time it's not like a TV situation. So like, yeah, no, it's just like a normal guy and like you and like you guys are just like, Hey, and like, probably if they're anything like me, they don't even look at your fucking face and don't even like realize what race you are because yeah. they're just like more paying attention to themselves. <laughs> um, cause I feel like that's a really human thing to do. I think too, like, I think more so in social situations, I'll be like, you know, with people like you're, you're kind of like vibing off the person being like, I'm an intuitive type of person. I'm, I think I'm really sensitive to people's like emotions. I don't know if I'm crazy or not, but I think that I am an intuitive person and can understand if a person likes me or not. Yeah. But, um, and then, but the thing is with a, Black person sometimes, some I should say sometimes, this is not all the time, but sometimes I feel this like extra aggression towards me for being as being a white woman that 
like there, that's this initial like not liking me I'm a, I have extra aggression towards white women right now though you know what I mean and again it mm-hmm. is it's the, partially the mostly the fucking media and social media I don't I don't know I'm like in full fucking conspiracy theory mode anymore so I mean I there's think definitely like you said sense. it's like there's all this shit being put out there to divide everyone whether it's like when you see a rich person like when I see like a rich person like car like a fucking angry mm-hmm. like I fucking hate them when I'm like driving like I'm like rich motherfucker like what like doesn't like seriously it's like my first reaction is like that person's a piece of shit like really like though you know I just I feel like um you there you have an image of yourself that's been put into your mind of yeah. like how other people from other backgrounds are going to see you so like that makes you immediately defensive so like when you you don't you know what I mean it's like when you're walking out every day in that like mindset and then Mm -hmm. someone gives you a weird look like you're way more likely to be a fucking Karen about it yeah and then to live up to that like white lady fucking image yeah I think we're all like feeling from that I remember we were like out for my birthday and um my friend Annette went to use the bathroom and then she was coming back and she was walking across the field and Gus was like Oh, we're we're gonna get in trouble. Somebody, this woman's coming over here to yell at us, and I was like, "That's a net. Like, what are you talking about?" But we were all laughing that that Gus had like Karen anxiety because yeah, I do. <laughs> he just saw a white woman like coming across the grounds and just immediately assumed we were gonna get yelled at for like sitting there or something. I mean, there you go. Poor Annette. And she, poor her, she was probably like, these kids over here probably think I'm going to yell at them. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think Annette, Annette has object permanence or whatever. I mean, she knew where she came from and she was coming back to us. Oh, oh, I think. I don't know if that's object permanence. I don't know. I don't think that well, is. Well, no, it, it, no, her, her object permanence would be like when if we you were guys behind went a away, wall. Like, yeah, if you went behind a tree, she would be like, oh, hey, you're behind the tree. She wouldn't be like, oh my God, where the fuck did you go? Where the fuck did you go? Um, yeah, so uh, let's move on to another part of the podcast. Uh, let's see. I mean, so I, we really haven't been doing the apology section. Um, because what do we have to apologize for, Beth? I've been saying that since the beginning, too. Fucking perfect. Yeah. I mean, sure. But I guess at the at the time when I made up the apology section, it was kind of like I'd listened to a few of our episodes and and was like, oh, my God, we say some, some really offensive shit. And, like, and I just know, like, um, people... And the thing is, I actually face a lot of, like, social media media cancellation a lot like um people unfollow me a lot for being offensive you know I've been banned from zine fests because of my comics I've been like um banned from bookstores because of my comics and recently a lot of people have even been unfollowing me because I openly posted that I wasn't voting for Joe Biden and so so people are like really getting mad at yeah I mean whatever yeah, I don't really, I don't really care. If someone wants to unfollow me because I'm not voting for Joe Biden, that really doesn't bother me. It's probably, it's better that way, actually. Um, it's like a little fucking weird because I'm probably going to see a lot of these people 
in person and I think that they're fucking dumb for unfollowing me for that so that'll be awkward anyway because they think that like that they think that Joe Biden is gonna come save us if he wins and that's just not true um guys so get fucking real here's another fucking life here's an apology for everyone I kind of hope he loses and I know that's like fucking horrible like to um be like uh because I that's against marginalized people or whatever to be like how can you how dare you want like four more years of Trump I don't want four more years of Trump but like I also don't want a president a lame duck president like Joe Biden who will probably not even last four years if yep. he if he does there's no way he's gonna get reelected because like it's kind of like insane he's kind of like a dumb nominee to begin with there's nothing exciting about him there's nothing you know, revolutionary about like this, this race at all, there's no way he's going to get reelected. And then he's also going to be like 80 something. And he already has like one foot in the grave. Um, Yeah, I know. And then we're just going to go, it's going to be like four years of stalling. And then everyone's going to be like, what the fuck? And then like someone else is going to swoop in on like the Republican side to like finish the job of Trump. And yeah, I think that like, maybe I, I don't disagree with you, Beth. I don't really no, I think it is six and one and a half dozen of the other. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to be better off if the Democrats win. Mm-hmm. I don't. And um, I feel like if Trump, I, I do feel like I want to vote against Trump because I think that this pandemic was completely mishandled oh, under yeah. this administration and people died because of it like hundreds of thousands of people are dying because this was mishandled but like i also don't really know that the democrats would have done any different they just would have covered it up better and used different words about it and that's it that's mm-hmm. what i fucking think yeah no i mean and uh with this whole thing though i mean i'm and i kind of am hopeful that I guess I'm an accelerationist. That's what people call people on the left who kind of like want the left to crash and burn. <clears throat> oh, good. Yeah, I'm one of those. Because like if he loses and like the thing is when Hillary lost, for instance, even you you were an apathetic um, voter. You didn't vote. Yep. And then yep. Hil- Hillary lost and you were like so shocked by that. Yes. That it got you more politically active. And then there was yeah. that whole blue wave with the all the congresswomen and stuff getting voted in after that big loss, after Hillary lost. And then the Democrats got a hold of uh, Congress. And, and I just feel like, in a way, that was, like, beneficial. I mean, because, yes, the president is important, but the president is, like, one branch, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. No, it's supposed to be in, it's a co-equal fucking branch of government yeah. with the House and the Senate. Like it's this is bullshit. Like all of this. Like honestly, like if we have we if the Democrat like Democrats do fucking more, do better. Like mm-hmm. I don't believe that. Oh, like our hands are tied. Like go fucking suck a dick. Like and yeah. even if we had a Democratic president right now, it would be the same thing. Our hands are tied by the Republicans, the evil, evil Republicans. Like mm-hmm. it's a fucking good cop, bad cop routine. Both of them are bullshit, and like they're taking our money, and they've been doing it for fucking generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just like then I think, okay, so if they lose again. After the way that they, because they really did fuck Bernie in the primaries. That was like, he was, okay, I'm not, again, I'm not going to be a Bernie apologist. I'm, I, you know, 
Uh, there was that campaign they lost, okay? The Bernie campaign lost. But I'm saying, like, there was a lot of, like, strategic things from the Democratic Party that severely hurt his campaign, which one was Elizabeth Warren for staying in the race as long as she did. Uh, yeah. Uh, because people who probably would have voted for Bernie um, if Elizabeth Warren wasn't running, like, they, they would have voted for Bernie. But she stayed on, and they stayed with her. So um, there's that. And also, and then, again, she didn't... Um, she didn't after that uh what am i trying to say promote him what am i why can't i think of the word having a brain fart moment she didn't endorse him after so like that really fucked him up and then of course there was the you know obama phone call phone call to like all of the candidates yeah. and then they all dropped out the same day and joe biden yeah. got all of their votes you mean when the quote Democratic Party coalesced around Joe Biden. Yeah. Which is like if you watch the first couple of debates, like seriously, go back and watch the first couple of debates. People of the future, if anyone fucking finds us and listens to it, like fucking people in the de like who were voting for the Democrats like didn't watch the debates and didn't see what a fucking joke Joe Biden is. Mm -hmm. Like he just can't keep up. Yeah. It's it's sad. And also Go back and watch the fucking debates, people. Every time there was a protest that happened at the Democratic debates, it was against Joe Biden. Every time right. there was a crowd outburst, it was against people against Joe Biden and the Obama presidency, like protesting. So, I mean, so activists are not on the side of Joe Biden. Like, so, um, <clears throat> so I don't know. Yeah, I whatever so i just feel like okay so maybe if he fucking loses then maybe all you assholes will get it that you need like the democratic party needs to be bold be ambitious ambitious and i'm like wait ambitious? i think is it pete but does pete Buttigieg have a lisp but you're just saying that because he's gay Beth. oh my god uh, do we, we should have a gay confession. Um, I mean, I feel like that, doesn't that, anyway. No, the gays are totally assimilated. They don't need to be apologized to. So, uh, but with, with, with Bo, when Bi Joe Biden loses, I just think then maybe, you know, the Democratic Party will get the fucking hint. Uh, and there's been a lot of like, because also, I just feel like the Democratic Party takes their voters for granted. They just like yes. they just take like they're just like you know like everyone just has to fucking vote for them because it'll it's just the worst the lesser the two evils fucking thing right. and so because we don't want to die so like the other choices the Democrats like like uh I mean cho choice not death. That's it. That's, that's what my, if I vote for Joe, for fucking Joe Biden, which honestly will depend on how busy my work is, um, it's just going to be a vote for like, maybe that now I won't die. But like, I don't trust him to not let me die. Like, so I don't fucking care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also, whatever, I didn't vote for him, but I, I voted Democrat down ballot. So yeah, whatever. Um, and in the city of Philadelphia, honestly, it's like a drop in, in the bucket. It really, I mean, my, my protest vote really means shit. It really, um, like Biden's going to win Philadelphia, the district of Philadelphia. Like, you know, that's just. Well, that's the thing where I'm voting too. It's, uh, I mean, Bryn Mawr. 
Like mm. it is, it, I mean, there was like a lot of people actually when I voted in my area that were, um, like a lot of the Democrats locally were like on listed on the ballot as supporting Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a very blue area. So again, yeah, me voting where I vote is not really going to matter. Um, how, how did you, you voted in person? I'm going to be voting in person. Oh, okay. So you haven't voted yet. Right. I'm still in the process of moving. No, the date is November 3rd, right? Yeah. But early voting has started. You can go early. Can we go and vote in person early now? Yeah. Oh. It might be different in New Jersey, but you're still. No, no, no. I'm voting in Pennsylvania because I haven't been able to get my official, like my license switched to New Jersey yet Mm. because of all this COVID shit and I need a new social security card, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, (laughs) too much information. Yeah. But so therefore I am going to be voting in PA. Um, yeah, there's early voting in PA. So you could, you could go now this week if you wanted to. Oh, Um, well then maybe I will. Gus went this weekend because, well, Gus and I applied for mail-in ballots. I got my mail-in ballot and I voted by mail. Gus never got his. It it was lost in the mail. And it was actually a really fucked up, um, messed up situation because he, he like called and was like, I don't, I haven't received my ballot. And they were like, oh, um, it didn't get mailed out. And he's like, uh, okay. And they're like, you should get it in the next few days. And then the next, he didn't get it. And then he called again and they were like, oh yeah, it was mailed out October 2nd. So why did the first person tell him it wasn't mailed out? And then the second person said it it was mailed out like over a month ago. Like probably shitty staffing and someone didn't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Well, there's just a lot of like not good like it's just misinformation and yep, yep, it's yep. actually really fucked up because now Gus's ballot is just floating in the ether of the US yeah. postal system, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think that's gonna happen with a lot of them and yeah. we're already again by the media be like and I I sound like a, we probably should be putting this in the conspiracy theory section anymore. At least mm. as far as the shit that I'm talking about. But like no, we've been totally prepped for this by the media and and Mm -hmm. donald trump his administration again like has been like pushing this narrative of like oh well people are going to cheat in the elections and this has been going on for since donald trump has been in office yeah like so everyone is gonna assume when they hear things like this that this is like what's happening to everybody and like i just don't know how widespread it really is you know yeah but like we're being made to think that this, I just think we're on the road to like having a major problem with this election and lawsuits or whatever. How would it even work? I don't know. But like, I just don't think we're going to have a cut and dry answer about who the next president is for a minute. Which this, really sucks. <clears throat> this seems like a good time to talk about our Patreon, the Patreon section of the podcast. If, if you would like to join our Patreon, please go to patreon.com forward slash two hosts from Delco. That's number two, H-O-E-S-F-R-O-M-D-E-L-C-O, two hosts from Delco, patreon.com. Become a patron today for $5. Marina and I, we actually do uh, two podcasts. I mean, we actually record two episodes, you know, like uh sporadically and we have exclusive episodes that are available on our for our patrons only 
So if you enjoy these free episodes and you want to get behind the paywall and see what we really talk about, we get really, we probably have a more deep uh, racist confessions, I would say, behind the paywall, wouldn't you, Maureen? Because I think we're just a little bit more honest since we know it's paying, um, paying clients that we're podcasting to. Well, yeah, I mean, racist confession and gayest confessions, too. Gay confessions. Yeah, I thought we agreed we weren't going to do gay confessions. I mean, behind the paywall is different. Oh, that's true. Okay. We'll do gay. We do, uh, not we will. We do gay confessions. Gay confessions. Uh, behind the paywall. (laughs) Sounds like a lot sexier than what we're actually talking about. Yeah, we're talking about being homophobic. Yeah, talking about bigot confessions. Bigot confessions. Uh, we and also in those confessions, we confess about um, our uh, things about also gender people too, gender fluid people. No, we like gender fluid people. It's more like I love gender fluid people. It's more like non-binary, like, and we kind of like hate on. Um, we do like uh, uh, trender. What, what is it? Uh, trender gender? Gender trender? What it's, the fuck is that? It, it's people that um, change their gender to be trendy online. Um, it's, a, it's, a, right, it's a real turf sort of ideology. It's really offensive. But in any case, like we get really into that um, behind the paywall on Patreon. So, uh, especially if you're out, if you're listening and you're like, gosh, I just really want to cancel Beth and Marine so bad on the internet. Um, because if there's anything I hate more than privileged white women, it's, it's privileged white women living in poverty and I just want them to be more impoverished. So I'm going to try to cancel them. You forgot college educated white women, college educated, (laughs) impoverished white women. So if, but, and you know, and, but we hold back a lot actually on the normal episodes the episodes the this free episode that you're listening to we hold back uh because we don't want to be canceled so if you want to get the good sound bites you should pay five dollars a month on patreon.com and uh we also have stickers uh we have what else uh what are t-shirts uh wallets we're gonna do some wallets marine um oh yeah i mean yes please can you know what i um recently brought some halloween slap bracelets into my work and i would i feel like we should have some two hose from telco slap bracelets oh yeah definitely i know right how cool those are legal again yeah man i mean they were on amazon i don't know you can probably get some illegal shit still on amazon but uh it's like amazon dark web the dark web of amazon exactly uh, Amazon dark web. So, yeah, I mean, all of this sort of stuff is available to you for five dollars a month now. Uh, so join today, and um, one last I should let you know that we don't actually have a Patreon, and I am just doing this to have a Patreon section of the podcast. So uh, the other parts of the podcast uh, that we should do, uh, let's see, we did we did a, a write in if you want us to apologize for anything. Um, so I have a PayPal. I have I have a PayPal. Marine has a PayPal for pay pigs. If you want to get in on pay, that, PayPal. Anybody want some socks? You can um, email me. I'll we, send you. I'll send dirty socks for money. That's fine. 
I mean, Maureen, you should really, if you want to get into that, you should do an OnlyFans. You should be, you should be on OnlyFans. But that's the new I sex work economy. Do. You know, I used to be into like, I, I would put on makeup and like be, I just fucking don't have the energy for that shit. Yeah. I'm going to be 40. Like, it's not that I don't think I'm, like, you know, I think I'm definitely a sexy MILF type, uh-huh. but I don't just still have the energy for that fucking shit. <clears throat> I don't have the energy to like be nice to dudes. I don't have the energy to put on makeup all the time. I just don't. Well, some dudes don't want you to be nice to them now. Well, that's a fact. Uh, in any case, well, OnlyFans is like kind of really disgusting, to be honest, because it's, it's, it's like bringing a lot of people into this like sort of vacuous, shallow form of the sex work industry. And I think it's kind of, it's unhealthy sort of for young women to be getting sucked up into this. I don't know. Just I'm, like, like a lot, like in mass, like in a mass level, like in a very like accessible way, like kind yeah. of no one gives a shit anymore. Yeah, yeah. it is. No, it's, it's bad. And like, like, because like sex work is like not for, it's not something that's supposed to be a part of your, your, your public social media, uh, profile either. I don't think. It sucks your soul. Um, it's not supposed to be an identity so much. I don't know. Right. It's supposed to be a secret life. Yeah. (laughs) Not a part of your public persona, ladies, yeah. young ladies, <laughs> mm-hmm. listen to the elder generation of millennial women who can tell you yeah. that that's the shit you put, use a different name for. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, in any case, but, uh, <laughs> uh, oh God. Anyway. So, uh, uh, yeah, write in to us. Uh, our, we are on Twitter. Uh, I am, I am Beth Heinley on Twitter at B-E-T- at B-E-T-H-H-E-I-N-L-Y and Marina's at Mocom M-O-C-U-M-M 99. No, there's only one M, asshole. You're such an asshole. Oh, yeah, there's only one M. Okay, because, um, but your last name has two M's, though, so I'm confused. Yeah, but the, it's only the first three letters, Beth. Okay. No capitals. No capitals. No capitals in mine either. Uh, and, you know, also, this is like I probably won't like see you again or podcast with you again. Uh, so I just want to wish you a happy International Pumpkinhead Appreciation Month, Maureen. Yes, happy International Pumpkinhead it's Appreciation Month. Over. I know. I can't believe it. Which I think is a great segue into our topic, Todd Salons, because uh, the three o'clock book uh, character Pumpkinhead. We do have an episode, a previous episode, that talks and explains to you who Pumpkinhead is. Uh, but I'll just do a brief um, explanation. And our, so, Marine and I in high school. Like, I still draw comics. I wish Maureen still drew comics because she's fucking hilarious. She's, like, one of the funniest comic people that I know or have ever read. So I wish you drew comics, Maureen. But um, we drew comics back and forth in a Marvel composition notebook. And the title of the notebook was Three O'Clock. And we the that is from um, the Welcome to the Dollhouse, which was Maureen and I's favorite movie in high school. We loved it. And I always felt like, like, I don't know, when we met and started really hanging out, Maureen, in high school, I was kind of like, I finally met someone who completely understands my dark sense of humor in a way. Like, I felt like, and I also felt like you and I together, we had our own 
um, language, our own yeah, like kind we, of comedy. No, I know. Creepy. Yeah. And I was like, and no one could get it. And I actually would be like, <clears throat> all television sucks. All cartoons suck in comparison to Marine and I's comics because I felt like you and I had this like just understanding, right? But then there was a few things that came along while we were in high school that that like kind of like made me realize there was others out there. And Todd Solanz's Welcome to the Dollhouse was one of those um, sh- one of those movies that made me feel like I fe- I found a kindred spirit like like you and I. Yeah. Um, and so the three o'clock and, and so I still draw comics under the name, the three o'clock book to this day and three o'clock is a rape reference. So talk about like just openly offending people every single day when I draw a comic, but, um, because I, innocent, it was like, it was like an innocence. That's like, I, well, I noticed too watching the other movie of his today, uh, storytelling is that he captures like this, like how kids can be so innocently fucking evil. You mean like the little boy? Yes. I hate that fucking little boy. I know he's horrible, but like he doesn't know. It's like his fucking dad did that to him. But like he's still a fucking piece of shit and you're still like, yeah, I'm glad that happened. How how did his dad do that to him? Because Wait, we should hold on, hold on. I know we're getting it like so storytelling is I just told Maureen about storytelling because I had watched it recently and it was so good. Um, and, uh, it was made in 2001 and basically how many narratives are at? There's like, there's like, well, there's the well, teenage, bo- three, okay. Two to three. Yeah. Okay. Since you just watched it, why don't you do the summary of the movie? Cause you just, well, yeah. It. So there's two like official narratives. The first one is, I know it's called fiction cause I don't know that's stuck in my head for some reason. And then I don't remember what he called the second one. But the first one's, like, shorter, and it's, it's about, um, this, it's about college students, it's set at the time it was made, which was, like, 2000, 2001, and, um, it's college students in a writing class, um, who, and they have an African-American gentleman as their teacher, and, um, there's a girl in the class who's dating, one of the other students who has some, what does he have? It's some degenerative degenerative disease. I don't feel like it was MS though. Oh um, yeah. And, and he's a dude from kids who had AIDS. <laughs> I thought so. Yeah. Uh, um, he's, so yeah, so they make it like, I don't, it, it so is, she's like, like he's fucking him because he's a cripple too. I think so. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and he says to her, he's like, you're too nice. He's like, the kinkiness is gone. He's like, you like me now, like, or something. He's like, you become kind. The kinkiness is gone. That's what he says. And she like looks at him like, you're right. So she, she goes ahead and, and has, you know, an encounter with their, uh, teacher and, um, a big old yeah, black so man. Yeah, he's the, the African American gentleman I mentioned earlier. Who he's got his own little twist, and then she writes a story about it. Um, and then I thought the most interesting part to me was like I I, re- it, I don't know it struck me when the one girl in the class was like it's like weirdly misogynistic. Like why didn't you just say no? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you know that's weirdly misogynistic. Like because she couldn't. Um, because she was with a man who was in a position of power, but like, is you know, it's 
there's like a whole racial component to it and he asked her to say the n-word while he's fucking her when she kind of didn't really even want to do it um but he makes her say like f me harder Mm n-word and well because she was her thing was like she's doing this to have an experience she's a writer and she wants to be victimized and like so she and she also wants to like have sex with a black man and this just isn't just like a black man he's the quintessential expression of a black man he's like a black panther even like he or he's he's like shaft he's always wearing like leather coats and he struts around like he's like you know a motherfucking black man so i and he knows this and that's like so that's why he while he's fucking her he's saying you know telling her to say you know f me f me n-word um and that's like such a crazy scene i just don't know do you think that could, that kind of like scene could like happen in a movie like well now? okay so i when i watched it i rented it on youtube and like for the part where they were actually having sex there was like a big orange block in front of them and i didn't know if that was the original film or no YouTube. <laughs> no i can't believe youtube did that yeah, I was okay. thinking that, and then I was like, mm, maybe they, maybe the filmmaker wanted it this way. I don't know, but yeah, I was, I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, no, that's not there. I, I guess like uh, I rented it on Amazon, so I didn't realize the YouTube version was, uh, you know, censored. But it sounds like it was. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess you just have like a whole group of people that are just like really. Um, exploiting each other in order to like have an experience and tell a story. I don't know, but like that whole situation in that classroom was pretty fucked up. Yeah, but I forget. Um, I do like that when he was like critiquing her, though. When he he like pushed back to her and was like, "You, this was you wanted this experience. Like you wanted to be victimized." you know um yeah and you know and she was like it's real I was victimized I don't know and I just feel like a lot of like white feminism kind of comes from this place of white women play like forcefully placing them in a position of victim being victimized in order to be like feel good about themselves have a self-righteousness or be like um an activist a performative activist and I just feel like that's like her doing this story. And then she's also exploiting the experience as well because she's making it into her art for her class to impress her t- the, the students and whatever. She's trying yeah. to like be this great artist or this great writer. So I don't know. So that's what I got from that whole thing. Um, but uh, and then so anyway, but that's one of the stories. To, and then the other one, you could tell what's the other one is like. Yeah, so the other one is, like, um, well, there's a few different components. So there's, like, a documentary filmmaker, and I keep keeping in mind, like, the time period that this was made. So it was, like, made around 2000. Uh So it was a documentary filmmaker, and he wants to make a movie about, like, the basically, like, the climate and the aftermath of Columbine. Um, And then he ends up with this kid, (laughs) American Snoopy. It ends up being the name of the documentary. So the kid's Nate, like, called Snoopy, and he's, like, a senior in high school. And then the whole – he's from a rich family. And 
this documentary guy who they can make him out to be like kind of a failure, like just sort of like doesn't really know what he's doing with life, but now he's a documentary filmmaker. I so related with this character as a failed artist. I totally did. Yeah. I'm just saying. I don't know. I just... Well, like, I, and because he, like, is so hard. I feel like he's way more directionless than you ever were. Oh, you think he was directionless? Wait, how do you think, you think he got into documentary because it was, like, kind of, like, the last? I, just from, so in the Uh beginning of the thing, there is a conversation between him and a high school sweetheart, Uh um, where they're, like, establishing that he, you know, he was, like, an actor in high school, and that's, like, what he was going to do, and then he ended up, like, going to law school and dropping out of law school, and then he ended up doing this job and dropping out of that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of, like... Totally. And he doesn't really have any... It's not like he's, like, this documentary filmmaker with, like, all these resources. Like, he has nothing. Right, yeah. So he finds this... He goes to this high school. I don't even remember how he meets him, but he meets the kid. And then he goes home to the family. And then the dad, who is, like, you know, the dad of a family who obviously, like, has money, um, the dad really gets more interested in the idea. He's like, well, oh, it's about the college admissions process, right? So, like, now it's it's a documentary about the college admissions process. Yeah. <laughs> um, right? So, um, what else? So, yeah, there's that guy, and then there's, like, the story of Consuela, who is their maid. Mm-hmm. They're, like, Mexican maid, and you just throughout the whole movie you see her just like struggling and like cleaning the house and like all these like little rich kids are just like living their lives around her and then the youngest kid which I feel the other thing this director does too that he did in Welcome to the Dollhouse is he made this like younger sibling character who's like this little golden child but like really a fucking snotty brat who like is spoiled and gets everything and just like truly like has a black heart totally wiener dog's younger sister yes Yeah. yeah Um, so yeah, he's just like a spoiled little rich kid and he doesn't know any different and he just thinks it's normal to have some lady who works in the house and like initially when he's talking to her at the one point, he's like, isn't this like what you want to be doing? Um, and, and he asked her about her life and like, no, she didn't go to college because like they were poor and the kids just like, well, even though you're poor, do you have any personal interests or hobbies or likes at all? Like, it's just, he becomes very like, um, he, you can tell that he believes that someone who's poor is less of a person than he is. And he knows yeah. his station in life and he's rich. Yeah. You know, it's a total neo-lib just, pull, pull him up by the bootstraps sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, just like, he's fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, he also misgenders her all the time because her name's Consuela, Consuela and, he, and he says Consuela yeah he like and it's almost like does he is he purposely like insulting her like you don't really know no I think he's, again like I think that like his again his parents didn't say to him like let's learn Spanish so that we can talk to Consuela who lives with us and keeps mm-hmm. our house yeah like he's just like you know I can't understand you if you don't speak Spanish there's no reason this fucking kid can't be learning Spanish yeah like kids in other countries learn other languages all the time you would think his privilege would allow him to fucking learn some Spanish and it is kind you of it, yeah and that is like a fucked up situation like for instance if someone has like an au pair living with them from another country you're supposed to speak their language with them it's not like yeah, they're, they're living there as a servant they're not, what they're not from shithole countries <laughs> 
You gotta yeah. understand that's Spanish. You know, Spanish is not. It, that's not. You know, it's yeah. not like the Spanish of the Spanish from Spain who are white. Yeah, not those um, Spanish. That, gotcha. that would be worth learning. French. Um, you know, you get a French au pair. You don't get like a, but, an, a Mexican au pair. What do you think of Consuela's Revenge? Which I kind of. You're kind of like. I was satisfied. <laughs> I was. I was like, good for her. Fuck them. Like I said, I hate rich people lately. Yeah, I hate rich people too. So like her turning on the gas on the house and like, and also like, but, and then the Todd Salans always puts um, this like magical thinking in his movies, I feel like. And the magical thinking of storytelling is the little boy hypnotizes the dad to, and he says Consuelo is um, lazy and you should fire her. Yeah. And, and like, you think it's like the dad's just faking, you know, or whatever. But then the very next day he fires her and like, (laughs) um, so I don't know. I do think that little kid's fucking evil. And I love like the night that they all died together was the night he wanted to crawl up in bed with them too. I know. Like what a spoiled little brat. And like, yeah. Oh yeah. We're so happy in bed. And it's like, they're all going to die. And yeah, I feel, and I feel like the teenage boy is like the, like represents like everyone, like all of us being kind of like mediocre, uh, the butt of the joke of intellectuals, the teenage boy, Snoopy, or is that his Yeah, name? you cut out for a second, sorry. Oh, I was saying that all of us are, are representative of the teenage boy, like mediocre, uh, every, every day people that are just end up being the butt of butt of the joke of intellectuals like or, and and that's really too I kind of also think Todd Salons makes makes a joke of film and art in all, like he he um satirize, satirizes the art world and film and I think film obviously is a part of that and the when when he goes and in, into the the private screening of the documentary and finds out that he's like actually he's not being like uh, being made famous or being thought to be interesting that in fact this documentary is is all about making fun of him and yeah. I feel like in movies like in like Hollywood and how movies are made like. You never really, there's no movies really about wealthy people. It's actually always about, like, you know, the struggling person. And yeah. and really it's just like, and then rich people make millions of dollars at, at, over this. So in that moment, yeah. I kind of felt like, it's kind of funny, like, that the middle class, the lower, low, lower middle class to, or just middle class. Because, yeah, this is a wealthy family, but I, I saw them more as, like, middle class or upper middle class not like super yeah they wealthy. were like at your kids high school but they were the rich family yeah. yeah yeah um but in any case like uh the family you fucking hate yeah sure i mean they i like just the, fe- the dad's a dickhead they have too much money the kids are fucking spoiled like like to know, put it like in delco terms family. to put it in delco terms this is the main their main liners that this family for sure yeah that's what yeah, they are in every way in yeah. every way yeah because they're also jewish oh yeah they are jewish well yeah, so it's not salon's jewish because he always has like i wonder if he's jewish who todd salon salon oh he probably then he probably is yeah um, I, yeah i think that other movies he like of the main characters are often jewish too yeah 
Um, and this is obviously like a Jersey suburb because it's near New York. Um, yeah. In any case, uh, then he go when he goes and sees in that moment when he realizes he's the butt of the joke, and I just feel like that's like all everyday man, everyday people are the butt of the joke of elitists who make art about us just to poke fun at us, you know? Yeah. Um, and but then, uh, but he's just like completely numb to it like when what did you think of his reaction when he when he when he then gets back home and because he went to go sneak into that private screening to see that he was the butt of the joke of the movie he goes home and his parents and his little brother are dead well honestly because of the way that it was shown because it was shown his reaction was shown through the camera and you saw him like in front of the house with like all the emergency vehicles behind him and shit Mm -hmm. it seriously looks like he killed his family and he's like, your movie got, your movie's a success. That's what he oh, says. that's so, like, so interesting. see that getting twisted into something else, which I feel like at the time would have been like, like, holy shit, like, that's super relevant. Whereas now we're so used to that shit happening on the internet. It happens, yeah. like, constantly every day to everybody. But back then it was still, like, a thing. So, and that was, like, a column. in the media. Yeah, and also a Columbine teenager. Like, yeah, right. this is the teenager. An angry, angsty kid. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah, oh, that's oh, but, interesting. Wait, I wanted to mention the most important part of the film. What? The most important part. And you did say it was relevant, and it is, because here's another tie into the Three O'Clock book is that fucking Conan O'Brien was in this movie, and they talked about how the kid like wanted to be on Conan O'Brien. Oh my God, and yeah. Famous, and everyone wanted to be famous yeah. and be on Conan O'Brien at that time. Uh huh. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely connected with that kid at that moment. That because and also at that time, this is like around the time when we were in high school too. Yeah, you watched Conan before you, all teenagers. You don't go to sleep uh, at a reasonable time. You're up, and we I watched Conan every night. Like I loved yeah. Conan. Um, See, yep. And that's yeah, what and you and I would watch it, like talk about it together. Uh-huh. Um, and then in college, I remember it was always on on rerun, so I'd watch it with my roommate at lunchtime and you know, for years, like it was on for so long. Mm -hmm. And, and everyone, well, I, I assume everyone does this, but because this is like, you know, um, our consumer capitalist, uh, consumption with like media, we all like kind of get wrapped up in ourselves and our own narcissism and alienate ourselves even further from, like the real world and then fantasize have fantasies like being interviewed by conan o'brien about yeah like, for no reason like he just he's a great kid and that's why and like whatever he's on the conan honestly show. yeah um that movie being made around like 2001 it made me the whole time i was watching it like i just felt like none of these issues have been resolved and they're all worse like yeah. because like now it's like you have everyone on social media and like kids that grew up with social media and like they do think that they are famous and that they have a brand and like you know what I mean it's just yeah it's they're like it like you said it's alienating because there's like a disconnect between who you are and who, like who you are in your head and when you're on social media versus like who you are when you're interacting with these people that uh-huh. like, you know the people with real people um and I feel like growing up with that has got to be different than what we had where we you know just got into it later there's this uh movie it's called eighth grade um and I believe it's still streaming on do you have Amazon or are you like I do oh yeah. okay 
So let me see if it's on. I think Are it's you still calling on. me poor? No, I'm not calling you poor. <laughs> I was thinking you had more integrity than me and wouldn't sign up for this shit. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, I just ordered hair dye from Amazon. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm bad with Amazon. I fucking hate it. I'm, I hate myself. Okay, so it's still on there. So you should watch yeah. it. It's called Eighth Grade. And uh, who's the director? I think it's like the director is Bo Burnham, who is an ex like YouTube um, or I think he still is YouTube personality. So he got famous on YouTube when he was a little kid. Yeah. And Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, and Ugh. so he was like, uh, so he's a YouTube personality and whatever. So he directed this movie called eighth grade, which is about like what were you were just saying? It's like, grow, what is it like for teens to be growing up like in social media and also be consumed like by narcissism because of it? Yeah. And, and now this girl, like, she's not, like, famous on social media, but it's almost, like, compulsory. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, everything that you do is meant to be recorded and uploaded online. That's just the way yeah. life is, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's really a painful movie um, to watch because she's so awkward and, like, going through, like, puberty and just trying want pe wanting people to like her. It's such a good movie. I recommend that you watch it. All right. It. I probably will check it out, yeah. Because, yeah, I do. I think about that and um what a mind fuck that must be yeah Things yeah it didn't happen i'm glad we did i'm glad we didn't have social media honestly when we were in high school so am i um i had like so anyway let's talk about another one of it so welcome to the dollhouse was our intro i feel like and again what i was saying the the innocent rape joke that we're talking about is not like you know rape rape Okay, but like Todd Salons, yeah, always like brings in these offensive, like dark things that about like human consciousness and sit up. Oh, there goes my battery. Hold on. I got to plug you in. Get plugged in. Plug it in. Plug it in. Remember Is that, that one? still like the Glade plug-in commercial or are we just being like, oh, I, huh, we still sing things from 2000. Some Zoomer is listening right now. I doubt it. But they're like, what the hell is that? I know. Um, it's oh, ridiculous. Because they only know things from like five years ago. It's weird. It's sad, really. It's not going to work I mean, work do you like remember that? being like 20 and you're just like, what? Like, I don't, like somebody's like, no, that was just like 10 years ago. You're like, I don't remember 10 years ago. This is so annoying. I can't plug it in from here. Ugh, hold on. I got to do... I'm going to press pause on the pod so I can get my longer um, charger. So hold on a second. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, I got my, my phone stuck. You're really not, though. You're a bitch. Um, I, well, I do... Real quick, another thought about um, storytelling with Consuela. Are you back to recording again? Yeah, we're recording. Okay. Um... I, I related to her in a way like that every, while well, when you're like cleaning for people, like people understand like you just secretly hate these fucking people when you're cleaning for them. I'm sure you would. Yeah. It, it's like, like yeah. people want th their servants to be like their, their friend. And it's kind of like, I'll never be your friend. You are exploiting me for like the most menial kind of labor like, I'll never be your fucking crap. What's that? As cheap as possible, too. Like, you oh, yeah. be paying more. Yeah, it's as cheap as possible. Um, it's like a job that has, like, no sort of future. And you get, like, no freaking respect for it either. That type of labor. 
Um, and it's like, uh, and, and people could be like, oh, well, you know, teenagers can do it or whatever. I was like, no, but teenagers like don't do it. People my age are all employed in these jobs because like there's not enough jobs. Some people just need to do this for a fucking living. But, um, yeah, like just, I mean, obviously I would never murder a family I claim for, but, uh, I definitely get it. And especially like, um, cleaning, like with, I don't really clean, uh, for anyone who has children who are like that little boy's age, but, uh, the children are really fucking annoying because honestly they should be cleaning for themselves cleaning like, up after themselves yeah to do that ew yeah they they like you really should like be it, like teaching your child to like pick up their own toys and to uh clean up after themselves and not have like a servant like i think it's a really bad thing for a child to not have that kind of personal responsibility yeah and there's definitely some people I clean for who are like that with their kids. They're like, don't touch their room and stuff like that. And, you know, um, and that's cool. But people, there's also people who like, I'm like making their kids beds and shit, which is like, I really don't think I should be. And even like, but I also understand the, the value of being a cleaning lady. Like my mom, we had a cleaning um, person when I was growing up, not like consistently or anything like that, but it like really de-stressed my mom. Like, like it was significantly like, you know, I would it was just, love to have someone come in and clean. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, well, at this point I actually like cleaning now. So like yeah. I, I actually like having a day like cleaning my house. I actually would never have someone clean my house. I enjoy it. But, um, I mean, because it's, like, meditative. I, I listen. Like, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I do it as a job because it really is a meditative sort of thing. And it's, like, a physical activity. I like being, you know, up and about and around. Yeah. Um, and it's also very, like, insular. Like, I don't have to deal with people or anything like that. But um, in any case, but we we never had the our, our cleaning persons, like, make my fucking bed or clean my room like that was like right. our job and we still yeah. had chores like we still had chores around the house like that yeah. was left to us you know like so i don't know it's just weird <clears throat> it's fucked up anyway uh, i just wanted to add that but we were talking about welcome to the dollhouse is that where we're at well, yes. So we were in, getting into Welcome to the Dollhouse mm -hmm. and um, the rape thing. Oh, I you brought up the three o'clock rape thing, yeah. and um, yeah, I said how like kids can be innocently so fucking evil because like yeah. maybe they just don't know yet. They like, don't really understand. They don't know yet that their perspective is not the only perspective. They're children, um, or th so like you have the little kid in storytelling who is comes from a rich family and doesn't know a different perspective and then in welcome to the dollhouse you have another kid who comes from like a rough poor, a ba poor background with like an abusive dad mm -hmm. and like it's like rough for him and he doesn't you know know any different he's just like yeah but he's like trying to make friends with a girl he's interested in and the only way he knows to do it is to intimidate her and tell her you're gonna meet me at this time and i'm gonna rape you mm -hmm. it's the only way he knows to try to make a friends yeah yeah because he's from such a violent um background 
and right, but like, he doesn't even like know what rape means. Can like fuck you up, like and kids like they don't really know how like disgusting and evil they're being. Mm-hmm. And also, she's actually kind of excited to be raped because yeah, she feels she feels so rejected and she's going through this is like a story about you know puberty and she's going through that time where we're first beginning i mean to be we're first beginning to be interested in the opposite sex or the same sex but you're you're first starting to be like am i attractive can i attract people to me and she sees herself as repulsive so even as this boy is like, I'm going to rape you, like, she's kind of, like, turned on by it. Like, she's like... Yeah, and she's, she's at least not invisible anymore. Exactly, yeah. And, but the... and But he was just saying, like, at 3 o'clock, and, like, you know, and then he torments her throughout the day with 3 o'clock. And you and I and just thought that was... hilarious, like, even uh, though the subject matter is, like, super dark. It's a hilarious scene. Yeah. Like, um, he manages to make it so funny. Like, the best part is when he's doing, like, a long division problem on the chalkboard. And then at the bottom of the long division problem, he writes in 3 o'clock and underlines it and, like, turns around and looks at her. And she's like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Such a good scene. Anyway, um, so we wrote 3 o'clock on the cover of our book. And, like, that's what we would do to each other in the hallways of school is, like, turn the book around and, like, point at it. Be like, yeah, because neither of us had. We both were trying to make a friend, and uh, we didn't know. <laughs> we didn't know how to make a friend. Intimidation and fucking threats. Um, and so the three o'clock book was born, but um, yeah, uh, the, but I also yeah I related to Wiener Dog as through my own experiences with. Um, puberty like I didn't feel very pretty or attractive or wanted by the opposite sex but I wanted their attention and it's like yeah and also the concept of finger fucking was really funny in it like I mean I remember like uh people talking about fingering like it was that's so Mm -hmm. that's such a ridiculous thing because like I don't know, it's just, like, because, honestly, do boys really get, like, do 12-year-old boys really, or 13-whatever, 14-year-old boys really even know what the fuck they're doing, like, or, and, like, yeah, (laughs) like, it's just, like, and it's, like, supposed to be, like, this, like, foreplay, this type of foreplay, act of foreplay that leads to sex, so it's like, but as at that age, it really is just like, you know, you're not thinking about having sex, you know, it's just like, well, at least for me, it's going to last for like four years. Yeah. It's like, it's just kind of, it's like experimenting like with your body and not knowing really how it works or what you're supposed well, to like, do. even if touching the opposite, you don't even know if the touching opposite, touching the opposite sex, like, is even going to do anything. Yeah. Like, you don't even know what turned on is. Yeah. Like, you might, to an extent, like, just from seeing things in movies or whatever, and I'm talking about, like, if you've never had an experience and you're young, you know? And but, I like, love... You, yeah, you don't know. I love that How she... you know? She sprained her finger, too. <laughs> I, I know. I would keep on going, but I sprained my finger yesterday. I know, that was, that's such a good... Uh, 
Yeah, and it's all, I mean, I guess it's been forever since I watched The Dollhouse, but yeah, the perfect little sister, of course, gets, like, uh, kidnapped, which somehow makes her even more precious than she already was. Yeah, um, which also happens in the uh, in storytelling a little bit with the brother who's the football player. Oh, that's and right. He becomes, you know, he gets crippled, so actually he becomes like a vegetable. So again, like that's taking the par- all of the parents' attention away. Um, very similar themes. What are what are the what's the family dynamic of the future going to be with all these older people people having children later in life and only having like one child? Um, yeah, much of people are, are going to just be more and more isolated and probably there's going to be a lot more using uh like virtual reality and things like that i think we're just going to all be more and more like to ourselves but like branching out with other people in different ways probably i saw this um, you're not going to grow up with brother like with 10 brothers and sisters i saw this vr well and todd salances has the very much millennial nuclear family which is two to three kids in all yeah. those movies, I feel like, and there's and it, there's sibling rival rivalry rivalry in all of his films. Um, or well, I guess the single only child is something that ha- it, you we could talk about in the movie Happiness because there's the termini- terminally ill child from I the don't couple. Think I saw that one. Yeah, we saw it together at the movie theater. We saw no, we saw Wiener Dog at the movie theater. Oh, duh! I'm sorry. No, Happiness is the. Uh, no, and actually, I haven't seen it in forever. I can't talk about it, but Happiness is the uh, child molester one with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, oh, God, I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah, I well, just saw that, that one, there's a ton of his movies I haven't seen. Yeah, Happiness is really good, uh, but also not available because it's been, it's starting to be, so here's the thing with all the streaming services on the internet and how we're consuming media in the future is, and also cancel culture, which people say isn't real but whatever you can't rent happiness you can't stream it because of the because of the child molester thing and because so many rich people are child monsters i yeah i guess so yeah and there's like graphic scenes in it um like child like there's like sex scenes with children in it like not like explicitly okay it's not like you know whatever but, um, and it's been forever since I've seen it, but I'm pretty sure there's like a masturbation where he's touching himself scene with a child that's there. So it's like, it's really disturbing. Wait, that's, it's really weird because Carl and I were watching something very recently and I, I feel like it must have been Ozarks because that's the last thing we watched, but I'm not sure. It was some show that there was like an episode that was obviously about, like a child molester and the episode was not i don't remember if we were watching it on amazon or netflix but the episode was not on like it was taken down yeah it wasn't there that one episode and we were saying the same thing we were like what the fuck is up with that and he was saying that that shit has been happening yeah with child molester shit yeah like it's very bizarre to me, and no, I don't feel like it's because, like, it's triggering to, like, the weak people. Like, I feel like there must be a reason, and now I sound like I'm a part of Q, but, like, I don't give a fuck. Um, yeah, I mean, there's also that French, the movie Cuties, that French movie. Um, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And there really is, I mean, I watched it, and I actually, it's really not even, it's not that good of a movie anyway yeah. it's it's supposed to be art artsy but it's really not that good but there are um 
it's very neo-lib kind of like mentality of like female empowerment bullshit but so they're all dressed like skank like they're dressed like hookers when they're like 10 you mean yeah and it's yeah. meant to be like isn't this awful but there are gratuitous dance scenes where it's like straight up 12 year old badge is like in the camera and you're kind of yeah. like okay i get that this is supposed to be upsetting for me but it's also like it is like really just like you don't have to bring it home that hard you know yeah, yep, yep, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hypocritical, yeah. Yeah, so. Maybe it's, like, meant to be shocking. It I is meant know, to be but... shocking, and it is, and it is shocking, and you're, like, that's really disturbing, um, but, uh, it's also, it, I do think it's kind of gratuitous. It's, like, a little. Gotcha. But in any case, um, yeah, so happiness, you can't rent any you'll like honestly i think you'll have to like if you want to watch it, you have to like buy the dvd or like rent the dvd from netflix and, yeah. and get it that way anyway but Neither. it's been forever since i saw it so i can't really talk about it but what about amazon dark what about amazon dark web yeah <laughs> maybe on amazon dark web maybe um but i was i didn't mean to say happiness i meant to say um wiener dog the wiener dog movie that you and I, we saw that together in a theater yes and there's the terminally ill little boy who's the only child of an older couple who are atheists um and he's like you know their whole entire world and everything like that and it's like really you know tragic he also has like a tragic you know storyline to him yeah. he's terminally ill so they get him the dog i totally forgot the whole movie except the end now i remember though yeah so they get him the dog and yeah. then something happens and the dog has to go to a new home right yeah the dog just gets like passed around through the movie and the way the movie was like um promoted was like it was a a sequel to the dollhouse which is welcome to the dollhouse which is why we were both like let's go see it um but it was really like i mean dawn is only in it from the beginning well is she in it is she rescue oh she rescues the dog after that family like poisons him the dog with chocolate yeah 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 and she's were, like a vet tech or something yeah that, yeah she's yeah. a vet tech and um you know, I swear to God, I'm watching this right now. There's like these weird. Okay, what are these people doing? There's like a walking tour of Brewery Town going on outside of my house. My God. But I don't know if it is that. There's just a group of people walking outside. Anyway, um, the uh, Wiener Dog follows this one dog through all these families till inevitably the dog dies and then it becomes a work of art um which is sad and um gross and again talks about how art is exp all art is exploitative there's so many are you still there yeah uh, there's so many like i feel like that movie is like really ambitious like almost too ambitious because there's so much going on yeah there is a lot going on I'm just going to call it right here and say I can't say the word ambitious. 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 Am ambitious. Ambitious. Anyway, I can't say it. Um, but, uh, again, too, I think he's always kind of poking fun at the avant-garde and 
that, and I think Wiener Dog is like a big making fun of the avant-garde and also, I mean, just art and media like in general. Um, yeah. And there's so many characters in that movie. There's so many stories. Yeah. Well, um, the dog's like a vehicle to go between these stories. Yeah. Now, so, and then Welcome to the Dollhouse, though. There's not, uh, it's not really separated into a lot of stories. We're pretty much following Dawn the whole time. Yeah. And storytelling is, like, t- different p- stories. Like, different, you know. Like, I would say there's, like, three major characters. Yeah, but it's, like, weird because there, there's, like, one separately delineated story at the beginning that's like shorter than the the rest of like sort of the main Mm -hmm. movie but then yeah you do you have like a few different stories in the main part which is like the documentary guy the kid um and then really consuela yeah um but there was also like in happiness there was the one scene i almost want to rewatch not not happiness i keep saying that in wiener, um, dog. wiener dog there's the one scene like when the dog gets the shits and they're following the trail <clears throat> and like it's like a 5 minute scene i feel like where you're just following this dog shit trail on the street and i forgot about that yeah, yeah. I remember it was like kind of got to, it was like ridiculous and it was it was like insulting to like make us watch watch this shit like for like <laughs> for like two and three minutes like so i just feel like uh that was like a funny as a director sort of joke like the and it, i to me it reminds me a lot of the captive audience audience which is something like as a performance artist i take i exploit as well like a part of performance art is abusing the captive audience like it's about lifting up your skirt when you're doing fucking stand-up comedy yeah and showing your vagina yeah it's like being it's like they that's the joke the joke is is that they're they're captive like they they're they're we're supposed to be seated they're supposed to be sitting there they have no power and the performer has all the power and like and that scene like he was being like I'm the artist I'm the director yep. and I have jokes all I, I have the jokes on you I have all the power here and here's a, the here's five minutes of following a trail of dog shit on yeah. a, down the street um <clears throat> anyway but I also I liked in the as a sequel to Welcome to the Dollhouse I have to say I'm really happy that Dawn um, grew up to be like a loving and nice human being, even yeah, though she yeah. was bullied constantly. She didn't grow up to be like an asshole, like a mean person. Yeah. She grew up to be like actually so loving and mm-hmm. a good person. Was there was that the movie too where there was like a Down syndrome couple that had yeah. the dog for a little bit? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's like a risky thing too. Actually, yeah. um, a lot of people like today uh, would be like. And not even today, when that movie came out, that it's like a like abuse to have someone with Down syndrome in your movie, like it's an ex- mm-hmm. ex- exploitive of them. Um, people were made complaints about that in American Horror Story as well because there was a character yeah. with Down syndrome. Um, I don't. I mean, no. I actually, I thought that like people. I thought actually, I don't know. So. I, I no, as far as labor people with Down syndrome, really at this point in like the world, basically it's like they we know that they they have agency and they can like live on their own and you know depend. It's just like oh, anything yeah. else. There's a spectrum. 
Um, well, they're, they're but, disturbing. Yeah, I thought that was more like being like, oh, hey, here's like, we're not going to have someone play someone with Down syndrome. We're just going to have an actual person with Down syndrome play the, a person with Down syndrome. Oh, yeah. No, like I get that. But there was sort of um, an imaginative, like a fantasy part of that as well that was disconnected from reality. Like, can I don't think two Down syndrome people can actually just live together by themselves in a home. I, I don't. Think, I think that yeah. I think that definitely there's people. It depends. I think there's like a wider spectrum. Well, and then there was you might need a defense. the fact that they have like a sexual relationship, and like the question of what if they have a child, and Dawn yeah. actually brings that up. Yeah, like, she did as like a concern. Like, well, what if they have a child? Like, because they can't take care of a child i don't know yeah i think I, it depends on the individual probably well it's but it's kind of like um you would need, they would need a lot of support from someone else probably yeah i don't know i think that whole i i wonder how realistic that is i don't know a lot of people with down syndrome i feel like it actually i actually grew up Like, my friend's sister had Down syndrome, and I remember as a kid actually going to Don Guanella a few times. I feel like my friend's other friend's sister maybe taught there. Um, So that was, like, the school for, like, Down syndrome children. And this is, we're talking about the 1980s. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just feel like as time went on, I I just feel like there's just been more examples of people who... um, can it, you know I think it's just like any other thing like different people with Down syndrome have different challenges because of it they have different degrees mm-hmm. of severity of challenges because of it but like I mean like everything else is like you just do it's like any other human being like you're going to have setbacks but like you're just like going to live as you know independently as possible which I think that people do live independently you know depending on well Dawn shouldn't have left Wiener Dog with them because Wiener Dog got lost. Or something. Because they were retarded. That yeah. Could, or could a, could a quote normal person have also lost the dog? Let's oh, I mean, sure. I'm just I'm she, yeah, no, but sure. But they, like, she, I don't know. She shouldn't have left the dog with them because actually, did it get lost? And again, it's been a while, but I don't remember. Wiener Dog doesn't stay with them. Um, I think, but somehow. I, I that the dog ends up with another another owner. That assumes it's due to the negligence of the Down syndrome. Because people. they have Down syndrome, <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay. They have. Why expect more from them? Why? I mean, you're a bitch. Um, we should have a we should have a Down syndrome confessions. Well, I mean, the the dog the dog basically. Um, barely survives, has a series of negligence, like uh, neglected owners throughout it. And I think it's Dawn's poor judgment of leaving a dog with the Down syndrome couple. And then, like, and then again, how the dog eventually dies at the end with the older woman. And I, I like, can't remember. I think, was she, was she an artist, an ex-artist or something like that? I don't know. Something. She, I feel like she just had a lot of money and was really eccentric. That's all I really remember. And yeah. then there was like maybe a, a younger family member who kept coming over to like get money. At, and 
yeah, her granddaughter. And then yeah. again, though, there was again this exploitative relationship between a white woman and a black man. Because that, that her boyfriend who came with her was black, and he's like this famous artist too. He's like oh. a he was he was the one who eventually so he's the one who eventually makes art out of the dog when the dog gets oh, hit right, by a car, right? right. <laughs> um, like a la Damien Hurst. And um, any case, well, the grandma, her negligence was she was daydreaming or something, or fell asleep and dropped the leash, and the dog ran out to the street and died. So. Like, a series of negligence is, like, watching this dog that's supposed to be taken care of, and nobody takes care of it. Because, again, just people are wrapped up too much in their own shit. Yep. Wrapped up in really care shit. for another being. Well, earlier today, I watched Dark Horse, which is another Todd Salon's film. Um, that's streaming on Amazon. It was, I'm going to have to watch it, man. I, yeah. I really didn't know he had this many movies. It's it's pretty good. It's I would say, out of all the ones we're talking about, I actually think storytelling is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dark Horse is good, too. Again, it's like the New Jersey suburban um, enclave, but it's a older, like a 35-year-old man, and it's a Jewish family, so Jew- Jewish suburbia. Jewish again. And he uh, is a big fat slob and lives with his parents and works at his dad's like real estate firm. But he's like a he's like a fail son. He he like um, is like a horrible employee. He doesn't do his work. He's obsessed with collecting toys. Um, you would love him actually too because his bedroom. He's like obsessed with The Simpsons. So he has he <laughs> he has all his Simpsons memorabilia and like you like there's one scene like you look behind him he has every season of the Simpsons on DVD like behind him. Oh my god, I, I would love that <laughs> because I actually did own a few of them. Yeah, like in the early 2000s when there wasn't you know like watching tv on the internet so you still had to have like dvds and like if you didn't have cable you had to have like a bunch of seasons of shows yeah i had like a bunch of seasons of the simpsons a bunch of seasons of family guy yeah we had the Chappelle show when i lived with you we had like that's remember that saturday night live best of for will ferrell that like how many fucking times did we probably watch that like seriously i forgot about that oh my god oh my god i remember watching that so many times in that house uh, I, yeah, I loved Will Ferrell. I, SNL sucks so bad now. It's so, it's so sad how saccharine that fucking show has become and just completely, it's, it's like left hard media. That's what it is. It's like so stupid. Um, I haven't watched it and I did see your cartoon with Pumpkinhead piss, you know. Oh, you, yeah. Did you like him lighting the SNL fire? Yeah. Um, I haven't watched it this season, like, so... It's horrible. Well, I was excited to watch it because I heard that What's-His-Face was going to play Joe Biden, and I was, like, really interested in that. Yeah, and then I saw it, and Jim Carrey's funny and all, but it's dumb. Yeah, I I mean, there's nothing even to make fun of of Joe Biden. He's just like so fucking white bread, boring, like PC bullshit. Like you know, he's fucking just bullshit and lying. They didn't even says the right things to get like all these like fucking complacent people who haven't gotten hit hard yet to fucking vote for him because like oh we're gonna we're we're for the minorities and we're for the poor, but like you're fucking actually not really yeah. 
you're not. Well, and, and it's lies. And well, with the Jim Carrey as him, it's like really, it's so um, separated from reality. Like it's just Jim Carrey playing Jim Carrey. Like if you were gonna yeah. make fun of Joe Biden, you would be like acting confused and half asleep and look yeah. like you're about to have a stroke. And Jim Carrey's lively. And snarky. Right. Yeah, it makes no sense. It's like you're... It's so annoying. It is. It's really annoying. They're like just selling you Joe Biden. They're not actually parodying him at all. That's fucking sick. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. That's disgusting. Yeah. Because there's people who will watch those skits who will literally yeah. never watch Joe Biden speak. Right. And think that they're, that's what they're voting for. Exactly. And it's not. And you're right. Like that's fucking... Honestly, like I was hoping that I was going to get to see Jim Carrey play like a super low-key funny character, which yeah. I believe that he could do. And I was really fucking excited because I like... There's times where I like really have respect to Jim Carrey, but like mm-hmm. fuck that. Yeah, no, it's really dumb. Uh, it's, it's like so not reality based at all it's not a parody like that's the point like when you're doing parodying politics you're supposed to you know fucking parody not like make up your own character to to make it appealing that's what they did you know um Yeah. yeah it's fucking weird so they suck um but also i maybe it wasn't when i lived with you but we would watch i think it was when i lived with um derek when they had we had the early snl like when it first started and it was um, yeah. so much smarter and just so yeah. much more of political satire, like, and really got it. And even the other day, Gus and I were watching Coneheads and Coneheads and, and Gus is like, we're watching and Gus we is like, wait, it, like, on Wednesday. Gus is like, wait, is this like making fun of immigration? I'm like, yes, that's the point of Coneheads. It's a joke yeah. about like making fun of uh, like immigration laws in the US. And like, that's literally what it's about. And me, what? Let me ask you a question. And that's like really smart. It. That's like really fucking smart, absurd political comedy. Okay. And yes. like that's creative too like that somebody was like oh we should make characters like coneheads and because also the other thing gus was saying is that because coneheads fit in a sombrero like and i was like oh my god that's fucked up but probably um (laughs) anyway go ahead what were you gonna say um tell me if you were did coneheads have a sequel tell me if you i don't think so i don't remember a sequel so both of Carl and I were like, wasn't there a sequel to this? And both of us like thought there was. Like you know about the Mandela effect. Oh yeah, uh, no. Basically, like people will remember <laughs> certain like facts differently. It's called the Mandela effect because some people. Now, do you tell me is Nelson Mandela dead or alive? He's dead. When did he die? Uh, I feel like he died in like 2011 or 2012 or something. Um, okay. So he died in 2013. So you're on par with like the reality of where we are right now. So there's a lot of people, it's called the Mandela effect because there's a lot of people who remember that he died in jail, like in, in like the nineties and what? That's insane. 
look up the Mandela effect. That's crazy. So there's like these people, like there's people that are like, like believe that like there was like two alternate universes that have like now merged and people remember shit differently. Like Carl swears that he remembers that Nelson, like that he read in the weekly reader in mm-hmm. school that Nelson Mandela died in jail. Um, but anyway, so the mm-hmm. Coneheads thing, like both of us were like, was there a sequel? Like, was all this in the first movie? Like, this is weird. So we like looked it up and like, apparently it's like another popular Mandela effect thing where like people, some people remember that there was a Coneheads too. And some people remember that there wasn't. And I think it's interesting that Carl remembers that there was a Coneheads too. And that N- Nelson Mandela died in jail uh-huh. in the nineties while you remember that there was no Coneheads 2 and that Nelson Mandela died in, like, the 2000s, like, in 2013. Um, anyway, that's what the, yeah. that's the Mandela effect. But I, th- that made it even creepier to me that you guys just fucking, like, watched Coneheads, but they must have just put it on Amazon or something. It's on Netflix, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. and I hadn't seen... I haven't seen it in forever, so we were just, like, Same. re-watching it. Yeah, it was great, and it held, it holds up. Yeah, it's, it's good. still it funny. Like, it, yeah. Um... I love Dan Aykroyd, too. Um, yeah, he was good in it. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the SNL comedy, like, fucking sucks today. It's, like, so bad. They should just, I they just need to cancel the show. It needs to be fucking done. Um, it's bad. Coneheads, Wayne's World, like, yeah. all of that was SNL. Um, yeah, so, in any case, uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, Dark Horse, basically... Selma Blair's in it too, and mm-hmm. I love her by the way. And also, I have yeah. like a serious girl crush on Selma Blair. I think she's really hot, and I've always been like, why isn't she in like more movies? Because she's hot and she's like a really talented actress, you know. Um, she kind of has like a she has like a uh, independent film Parky P- Parker Posey kind of vibe to her. Yeah, yeah, um, that's, yeah. She's always independent film. And she's, like, funny, you know? She's really funny in these Todd Solanz movies. But uh, but she has MS, actually. Like, really bad. I mean, not that everyone who has MS has MS really bad, but, you know, uh, some people are unlucky enough where it, like, they, it happens sooner than to other people, and they deteriorate yeah. pretty fast. And yeah. um, she did an interview, like she came out and did an interview and it was so, yeah, it was really sad. She like can't even sit still. Like she's like, that's fucking awful. yeah, it really is. It really sucks. So that's probably why we haven't seen her in a lot of films, but yeah. um, no, that's really sad to hear. Yeah. Um, but in any case, she's in this, she's hilarious in this movie. She's pe- plays like this depressed, like failed writer who lives with her parents and they meet at a wedding and like it's like she doesn't really want to be with him but she's kind of like at like she's kind of at a directionalist point of her life and she doesn't know what to do so she's just like whatever I'll just marry this guy <laughs> yeah. um and anyway that's pretty much the premise oh Christopher Walken's in it too Mia Farrow is in it like these two like amazing actors um uh Christopher Walken and, and Mia Farrow pit play the guy's uh the uh guy's parents and um yeah and again there's sibling sibling rival rivalry in this as well because he has a like they i don't know if they ever say if he's younger or older but it looks like his younger brother who's like is like a doctor and successful you know so there's issues there with that 
Um, but it breaks off. It's really surreal because it breaks off into the end into like this fantasy, which, uh, like I said, Todd Slans does in a lot of his movies. That makes you question reality or what you're even really watching. And uh, it's really you're, like you're just like don't even know what's what really ha- what what's real by the end of the movie. You're like, is this fantasy or is this like, does this really happen? Um, well which it makes sense for a character who's like so alienated um and like 35 year old loser who lives with his parents you know so anyway um good it's a good movie you you could you should watch it it's it's free on amazon well i like free uh yeah who doesn't who doesn't like free um but yeah we've been talking for an hour and 45 minutes um let's do closing thoughts okay so what are your what are your closing thoughts on todd salanza's films flims well um that's a conan o'brien i'm gonna plan out and watching more of them because now that i've seen three like because we saw Welcome to the Dollhouse, and yeah. then 2016 was Wiener Dogs. So yeah. for all of, for 20 years, I didn't see any of his other movies, and now I just watched the third one that I've you know I've seen, and I'm enjoying seeing the you know similarities and stuff. So I'll definitely watch other movies of his. Yeah, I just like really truly appreciate his dark sense of humor. It just makes me feel so not insane in this very insane world you know yeah yeah. like i uh i just yeah like even like the in the wiener dog movie with when uh uh danny devito's character who's like this failing who's this like aging out of academia and he, he he teaches at film school and he only had like one hit movie and it was like an 80s goofball comedy and that's all he's known for and his students have like no respect for him and people are like moving out of his classes so he's like literally on the brink of being fired from his job and he's trying to write a script for his next like big hit movie although his last big hit movie was like 20 years ago his agent won't call him back really like all this like just d um, de emasculating him humiliating him at like every turn and he's like at the end of his career which is like even more sad yeah um and there's this like confrontation where he's being canceled for not being politically correct by his younger students and there's this like one of his younger like she i don't even think she was in his class but she's wearing one of those i can't breathe t-shirts from yeah. from like after post Ferguson and it's yeah. like um and I people wear them like whatever it's meant to um commemorate um I for I forget which um black man police murder um I think it was uh Michael it was the New York um the guy who was like trying to get Eric Gardner yeah Eric yeah. Gardner who was like selling Lucy's in New York and was like then put into a chokehold for, and the police were trying brutally trying to arrest him for selling Lucy's like, which are like 10 cent cigarettes on the street. Um, and they ended up killing him. So, and, 
people, but what I don't really understand. I don't know. I think there is, it, it, it's like, because the I can't breathe t-shirts that came out after that are saying I can't breathe and it's using the Comic Sans text. Yeah. Which is like really disturbing, kind of. It, it, it really, it really disturbs you because it's like making a joke of it, it seems like. Um, Why? Yeah, I don't know, dude. I, but it, this is like activists wear this t shirt. Um, why does it, the Comic Sans make it seem like a joke to you? Oh, because Comic Sans is like an unserious font. True. It's like. Well, some fucking Karen probably made the t-shirt and likes Comic Sans and has been, like, using it since, like, 1993 for everything. So, probably, like, that asshole made the fucking shirt and here we are. Yeah, I have to... No, there is, like, people are, like... Um... So, okay, so these NBA stars were the ones who started it. Because, no, I really need to understand why they chose that font. Because it's so gross, in a way. Because... I know what you mean of the of the comic sans and like so there's like this kind of dark humor to it and then in the movie like furthermore is disturbing seeing this like young white girl student with like platinum bleach blonde hair wearing the i can't breathe t-shirt and trying to get her teacher canceled or fired for not being pc enough um and it's kind of assumed too that he's Jewish as well, so it's like anti-Semitic even. Um, right. Anyway, T-shirt. A reference to the final words of Eric Garner uttered before he died after a chokehold was applied by a wrestling officer have brought questions to the players wearing them. Players like Derek Rose, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant, may he rest in peace, have brought clarity to the issues. The disparity between the significance of black lives and the power of the police has reached a tipping point, as Bryant called it. This is larger the larger implication of the deaths of Garner in Staten Island and Michael Brown in Ferguson. It is about lost lives, the sorrow of families, the public policies that needed to be addressed. Um... I don't see anyone talking about how weird it is that they use this Comic Sans print. Maybe that maybe that's just like something. I mean, I associate that as being a non-serious font as well. But yeah. like, is that just something we do because we went to college around the same time, and it was just so? I I don't know. Like, is maybe it's not as taken as unserious anymore. Maybe that's what it is. It's like meant to be like people aren't taking it seriously. Uh, no, I don't, I'm saying like, I don't know, maybe you're reading into it and maybe it, it, not that you are reading into it, but maybe the person who made it didn't intentionally do that and was just... Uh, maybe I should off. just... Why is I can't breathe in Comic Sans? A font should help convey the tone of the message it delivers. Comic Sans does just that for the protest t-shirts NBA players are wearing. They were objecting to the font. Wait. Um, they, but these crit critics weren't objecting to the t-shirts message. They were objecting to the font. With a few exceptions, the I Can't Breathe t-shirts, including the one worn by LeBron James, were overwhelmingly 
printed in Comic Sans. Obviously, Comic Sans is a contentious font. I've written my fair share of articles poking fun at Comic Sans myself, but I think the criticism of the use of Comic Sans in the I Can't Breathe t-shirts to be wildly off the mark. Not only does Comic Sans work great to effect here, there isn't a better font that could have been used for the message Rose was trying to put across. Yeah, I mean, whatever. What is the message, though? Are you trying to... Yeah. Yeah, I get it. What? Okay. Um... Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I can't breathe isn't a mundane, mundane sentence. It's a powerful and poignant rallying cry against the corruption, thuggery, and endemic racism of the modern American justice system. It hits you right in your solar plexus to read the words or to feel in small part for yourself what Garner felt as a New York police officer choked him to death for no reason at, at all. Is Comic Sans really an appropriate font to convey a sentence that is that important? Yes. A thousand times yes. Okay, great. Why don't you fucking tell me why? <laughs> yeah um comics okay it is a font that evokes friendly every man vibe it feels innocent ironically though these are the same qualities that cause sophisticates to have such a knee-jerk reaction against comic sans i'd argue that the font's uh, innocence in a string of text sure there are a lot of times yeah okay this is like written by fucking a white fragility author, maybe. I don't know. Because I'm not getting anything. I think it's, yeah, I guess it's supposed to be a, a humbling quality. Um, or maybe, yeah, I guess like to the, the, me, the like, it's, I, I think it is like the contrast of dark and light. Like, such a, like, um, fucked up last words of someone. The last words of someone who was being killed by the police up against Comic Sans just, like, brings it brings it more to home, more disturbing to you. And I guess as, again, um, as a the over-arc of Todd Solanz's, um comedy and black comedy in general is the point of black comedy is to take something that is really dark and disturbing and somehow like contrasting that with comedy, like brings it more home to you and makes it more real than if you were, and makes you process it more so than if you were just going to be straight with it. Does that make well, sense? Yeah. I think that it's, it makes you like when you see it in a funny way, it like makes you relax and relate to it more. Like you can be like, well, because if there's, like, a joke associated, then, like, it's subverted in some way, so you're, it's probably making you look at it from a different perspective, which might be, like, the perspective of, like, where if you just saw, like, a kid, like, being like, I'm gonna rape you to a girl, like, you would be like, that's fucked up, like, I don't relate to him at all, but, like, when you watch that scene, you can see where he's coming from. Yeah. And also, um, I think, too, oh, I forget what I was gonna say. My computer's really bright. I forgot what I was going to say. I just... Oh, that was the thing I was going to say. Is um, Another thing is the that they say, like, psychologically, that the human brain, actually, like, when something really tragic 
happens to you like um and like or you hear something or you first um ingest like a shocking sort of experience that your the natural reaction is to laugh which is disturbing but there's some connection to like extreme violence or sadness that our body or we naturally react by laughing like it's like a release yeah laughter yeah again it, it relaxes your body like when you laugh your body relaxes so maybe it's a way of your you know it's like when your body also like will shake mm-hmm. you know in a traumatic event um and then i've actually read like there's some people that believe that part of why people get PTSD is because like human beings are like taught to not look vulnerable. So we like unwittingly, like we unconsciously like suppress like those body reactions, like you said, laughing or Mm -hmm. shaking or stuff like that. So like when something like shocking happens and like your body, then like your body can't process it properly. So it's like stuck in there. So like some of these weird symptoms that traumatized people have, they say have something to do with the fact that like we're suppressed from, you know, laughing when like when you were a kid and you saw like, I don't know. Like I remember when I was a kid, I, I have a memory of, like, my friend getting hurt, and, like, I laughed, but, like, I didn't think it was funny. Mm -hmm. Like, the laugh just came out, and I remember feeling so fucking bad, and, like, feeling, like, actually just, like, I was such a horrible person. Yeah. Like, and I was a young kid. Um, Anyway, I guess I could relate to that in a sense, because I've had that experience where, like, something shocking happens, and I laugh. Yeah. Um, But it's not because it's funny. Yeah. Um... But you could say that dark humor is kind of spurned from that idea. Makes sense. And, uh, and I think, I think really depressed teenagers are probably going to really like Todd Salans and be, and watch, watch his movies like us. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely geared toward that. We should do we should do more movie reviews. We don't do that many movie reviews. I like it. Well, have you watched the new Borat movie yet? So yeah, and you're probably gonna be mad because I know how much you love Borat, but I didn't no, like. No, uh, I like ups and downs about the movie. I no, I don't like. I, I actually the first movie I didn't like it because I didn't find the skits to be sincere all the time. Yeah, and the same with the second one. I also thought. Go ahead. I want to hear what you think. Oh, yeah. I feel the same way as you. I think his formula of comedy is better in a TV show kind of situation. And he can't be like, do his guerrilla tactics as authentically in these movies. And then also the movie has a sort of saccharine plot to it as well, which is actually just really boring. Like, and like, not interesting. And I also thought, again, it was really left-minded, left-slanted to the advantage of liberals. And because he didn't, like, make fun of liberals, which they are totally make-funnable. Like, I think he should be going after both sides. So I felt like I was really biased. Same. And propaganda-y because of that. Same. Like, I feel, yeah. And... Um, I really didn't like that, and it wasn't that funny. 
Well, I thought the most telling thing of like, because I really liked a lot of it. Like, there was like things, certain things that were like documented in the film. Like, you saw Mike Pence talking about like, "Hell, there's only 15 cases, and we're going to go back to the zero. Yeah. And then you saw Rudy Giuliani say that the fucking Chinese purposely spread this virus. Like, you see him say it. Yeah. And you know, all of this was like around that time, March of, or April or whatever. Yeah. But for me, the most disturbing thing actually about the movie was like the reason that I watched it was because I heard there was this scene with Rudy. Giuliani where he is like trying to have sex with a 15 year old girl yeah so watching then the movie that is not what the fuck happened yeah it makes it it like seriously like takes away all credibility from Sasha Sasha Baron Cohen's thing or whoever was pushing this movie as like well being like outing Rudy Giuliani Rudy Giuliani actually if you watch the scene really fucking didn't do anything like yeah he was gross but like there's nothing to make you believe that he thought the girl was 15 she's obviously not fucking 15 yeah and she is t- she's flirting with him. She's touching him on the leg. Like, you know what I mean? And he yeah. really, he never touches her. Yeah. He like, yeah, he, he thinks that she wants to have sex with him. And like, really, like, he didn't do anything wrong in yeah. that scene. And, and to me, that's frustrating because I fucking wanted to see him do yeah. something wrong. I think he's a fucking slimy, disgusting fucking piece of shit. But I think like this really just like, again, it take, like, takes away the liberal credibility of like, oh, like, these people are, like, evil. Like, no, obviously, you just showed that he's, like, a normal guy that, like, actually got really, um, when he thought that, you could see when he thought that she was coming on to him, he actually got, like, much more even gentle Mm -hmm. and, like, kind of, like, just waited to see what she would do. And, like, and then you have Sasha Baron Cohen running in, in lingerie and, and, you know, it's, like, she's 15, she's 15, like, uh, really, Rudy Giuliani actually didn't do anything bad in this scene, and it really like discredits the whole movie as far as I'm concerned. Well, also though, I feel like though Sasha Baron Cohen with these movies plays with media, and I think a part of the media misinformation on Twitter and the misinformation that spread was really kind of maybe part of it because. Like, he didn't really do that. Like, he didn't put this information in the news stream. The news did that. Like, he sure. he shot this thing and did this yes. thing. And then, of course, I don't know how much his, like, press team has to do with this, though. There's that as well. Maybe they did purposely put, like, leak out misinformation. But if anything, it shows, it, it shows that our news is like just misinformation and bullshit, which I think is kind of funny and genius in that way. Um, And then you watch it. But the funny thing is, so that's the disturbing part, but you watch the scene and it's actually not really that funny. It's really uncomfortable and um, it's not funny. He he didn't get him at all. Yeah. It feels like, it feels like they're baiting Rudy Giuliani and it's like, it, I feel like if they, it would have, like, really had punch if they took out this whole, like, bullshit of, like, that he's going to be a predator to this girl or something mm-hmm. and just put him in there being, like, this virus was spread by the Chinese. Like, that's mm-hmm. all you fucking need to make him look like goddamn asshole and, like, make all these people, like, the whole movie was, like, centered on this coronavirus thing and how it was mishandled. And then, like, we had to have the distraction of the whole sex thing, which it wasn't even a thing. To be fair, though, we actually don't really know what the origin of the virus is or what happened. Because well, there's a yes, lot but that Rudy suggests Giuliani shouldn't be fucking saying that in yeah. an interview. Oh, that's true. It's part of the fucking yeah. administration in the White House. Yeah, I seriously. 
that's I say all and like people are like no that's not I'll, honestly I do probably think that I I don't know I don't know if this was like set out on purpose but it's being used to a lot of people's ends um you know it's being used to the benefit of a lot of people and no I don't care like even if that's the like, intel mm-hmm. that Rudy Giuliani had at the time which is fucking not yeah um he shouldn't be saying that in interviews like are yeah. you fucking kidding me and also do you really think that he didn't know that this was a parody interview like everyone actually everyone well maybe they got they, they must have got around it because it's this woman you know they were yeah. that's why they had the woman in the film because everybody knew Sasha Baron Cohen yeah um so obviously um, yeah, but I, no, I, I don't think, I think that like, yeah, I think it was like confusing and weird, um, the yeah. whole thing. Like, I think it really seemed like they were trying to get Rudy Giuliani to like do something that he kind of wasn't even going to do. Um, yeah. yeah, he wanted to have sex with this woman, but like, that's cause this woman seemed like she wanted to have sex with him. Yeah. She touched him like multiple times on the leg. Oh yeah. Um, but so anyway, um, yeah, I didn't really like it. It wasn't it wasn't funny. So it was kind of sad. And I like love the Ali G show. And I also liked the show he did like a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, American like, something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, not this was no, like the end, the end with like the running of the Americans. Actually, I cried. That was like, disturbing. I got really upset. I got really, really upset. It was horrible. It was, but it, because it's disturbing. That, it wasn't. Well, that's it. That's the thing. Because it's like a joke. True of how America is being basically like shown to the rest of the world uh-huh. right now. Like, yeah. no, I don't think. Yeah, I think that guns are like we're way too crazy about guns. Obviously, like, yeah, there's Karens. Like, yeah, there's Make America Great Again guys, and like, mm. yeah, there's people that are against Fauci. But like, again, how much of that is the fucking media? Right. And like. Uh, maybe he was making, maybe Sasha Baron Cohen is making a statement on that. I don't know. But like, yeah, that, that part at the end of the movie, like I felt sick to my stomach and I had tears in my eyes because I was so fucking ashamed to be American. Well, also definitely Fauci though, as like propped up as like, he is a fucking asshole. I'm sorry. Like they were telling us that we didn't have to wear masks. I because, know. That and, they didn't do anything. Yeah. And know, they knew right. that we were, yeah. should have been wearing masks. And they just did that, and on and like they could have said, "Look, don't go out. You should wear a mask. Don't go out and buy them because we need them for you know front line. But you can make yep. your own cloth mask and just like be like, make your own cloth mask. Like you could have right. said that. They instead they just so decided to fucking lie, yep. and say we didn't need one, and that's fucking disturbing. So fuck You're Fauci. Right. I don't fucking like that dude either." No, you're right. He, well, it's again, it's just what he represents too, which is like when I look at that scene and when they're like, oh, the running of the American, like again, it's like he just kind of represents a character and a belief mm-hmm. that some Americans hold. Like he's not anybody, like he's some fucking guy playing basically a doctor on scene. Like I don't believe well, and it's also- that there's this like internal battle between Dr. Fauci and Trump. I Maybe no. a little bit, no. but like no, That's I fabricated. Like I think that it is there to manipulate us. Yeah. And also in that joke of a scene, and I guess that's the thing with Sasha Baron's comedy, like I said this time, it's just too liberal biased for me to really think it's smart comedy because it's not, yeah. it's propaganda. And, yeah. and that the other thing is like when they, Fauci's carrying the vaccine 
and then the people are like crushing the vaccine. It's almost setting up for people to be like, you should be smart and like the vaccine we give you. I know. Yeah, well, that's the other thing that Carl and I got into too, was like, we like, oh, like, something like no mandated vaccines. And at first I was like, yeah. And then I was like, shit, because this whole time I've been making fun of anti-vaxxers, but mm-hmm. like now, um, yeah, no, I don't think this fucking COVID vaccine can be mandated. I don't want to fucking rush through fucking bullshit vaccine that's going to give me neurological issues. No, fuck, no, no. Like, you can't make me put that shit in my fucking body. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> like, they you they can't. did that with uh, the polio vaccine. I know, and I it, know, and that's the thing. It's like, so now, I, it's like I'm getting at the point where I feel like I'm being pushed more and more into this, like, conspiracy theory, red hat fucking, like, realm of Q, because mm-hmm. now, I do, no, I don't want this fucking vaccine. I don't want it for, like, a few years. Really, five years to seven years is what it takes to make a safe vaccine. Yeah. Like, no, yes. I don't fucking, no, I'll take my fucking chances. Go fuck yourself. Like, it takes like two to five years exactly to go through the proper testing of a vaccine to make sure that it's safe. Like that's not fucking conspiracy theory. That's like logic, like totally logical. Yeah, but now it's like I'm going to be saying things that make me sound like I'm just an anti-vaxxer and that yeah. I'm just like crazy. And that's, it's like we've been, again, it's like we've been being set up for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's just like further confusion for people. Like, what do you believe? What do you believe? You're my fucking enemy. Everybody's your enemy when like you don't know what you and everybody else believes. Mm -hmm. And like when you take one thing that somebody says as being like a blanket statement and be like, well, now you're definitely a Trump supporter and you believe all these things. And like that's not true necessarily of everybody. I would say um, with the female empowerment message of. Um, Borat, which I find interesting for comedy because um, especially the type of comedy that Sasha Baron Cohen does, which I do want to say I have the utmost respect for him because the type of comedy that he does puts himself in danger, like in physical danger. Like he puts himself in situations where he could get like physically hurt or even killed by by someone it's like dangerous so i did think it was interesting that they added a female character because i mean it like i mean women i hate to fucking be like that but women are more physically vulnerable to this this is physical comedy what sasha baron cohen does is physical comedy and um having her in these positions is is like you know, uh, kind of disturbing in and of itself. Like even, yeah, it's, it's Rudy Giuliani, but like, she's putting herself, she's like flirting with an older man and putting herself in a situation where she could be like sexually assaulted. Like, you know, like, so she was like putting herself at risk. Um, and also like at the, like being, and then he's parading her around even more so as an object as like, you know, whatever well they so. made her super hypersexualized by yeah. the time she was in the Rudy Giuliani interview too yeah like there was nothing like there was nothing to suggest that the girl was fucking under 18 and like I get that like oh like that's the point because men don't check or whatever like mm-hmm. I, I I mean I, I get that aspect but like no this is a this is like a see this was a thing that was like done to put Rudy Giuliani in this position on purpose yeah and like 
it, it wasn't there. It, it's not like a win if it's like unclear as to what he thought his relationship to this person was. And if she thought she was like, my thought she's like fucking 22. Honestly, like it's gross, but it's not, it's fine. Yeah. Like a 22 year old woman can decide if she wants to fuck Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Uh, and also when she was reaching for the, his mic, like really low on him, that was like, he seemed yeah. so uncomfortable. Well, right. Carl actually was like, uh, he was like, honestly, he was like, can he, is he afraid he's not going to be able to get it up? Like, cause <laughs> you see how he like lay down on the bed and stuff. And like, he got all like timid and like, it was really kind of like disturbing. To oh, watch I thought he was just, levels. I thought he was just tucking a shirt in. Yeah, I didn't know, like, what was going on, but, like... I didn't think that was sexual got... at all. I think he felt uncomfortable because she was, like, reaching for it, like, really down low. Yeah, interesting. And he was, like, really uncomfortable, but I think he was just tucking his shirt on. And, no, I don't think... This is Rudy Giuliani, who is, like, such, like, against sexual perversion that, like, cleaned up um Times square and got like like made like fucking sex work like a freaking illegal in new york city and like got rid of all the strip clubs this is the same mayor who's like also he like as far as art goes he was the same mayor who protested um the chris Ophelia, um virgin mary piece that had like elephant dung in it oh yeah the Remember? shit one yeah yeah the shit christ or whatever um and tried to censor that show this is a man who i really think stands behind his religious beliefs and i really do not think he would ever fuck that girl even i don't think it was going there at all i really don't and i know i'm not saying oh just because he's a devout christian means he's not a pervert there's plenty of devout christians who are perverts but i just really did not get that vibe at all well, after watching this movie, I believe you, and I agree. Like he, yeah, he did. It got real weird, and um, I don't. I feel like that it completely detracted from the rest of the movie. I think it could have been a better movie if they took out that part. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess the media misinformation is funny, though. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's bringing it to you know light, but then you know, it's it also it's just like hard watching the rest of the movie too because it's like when he's at the house of like those two guys who are. Um, you know, like, in, more, like, into the conspiracy theory side of things, like, obviously, they knew that they were being filmed and that he's an actor. And the same thing yeah. with that black woman, same thing yeah. with, with every single, with, with the Jewish ladies, like, they knew that something was going to happen and they were going to be filmed. They knew they were being filmed. Yeah. Like, they knew there was going to be, like, some kind of twist. And they all had, like, a specific message that they wanted to send. Like, they all had their own pre-set um you know goal for whatever was being filmed yeah it's just not the same as the show was it's not the same and it would have been funny if she went to you know a democrat women's meeting and they gave her like a the story of like women's rights and like that's what that would have been fucking funny yeah like yeah right and yeah or yes I mean, it didn't have to be all Republican. Yeah, yeah, it didn't have to be all Republican. And actually, it would have been like way more smarter, like intelligent, because honestly, the, the Republican women thing, that was kind of boring and kind of a pointless scene. They were just like confused. Yeah. They, and they, they were, and, yeah, they were like, um, yeah, you do that in the private of your own home, yeah. which is like a totally ac- acceptable response to that. Yeah. Like, um, it was stupid. Uh, they should have yeah. cut that scene. Uh, but Agreed. anyway, yeah. 
So we both agreed it sucked, but oh well. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we should end the podcast, but I want to talk to you a little bit after after right. potting. So um, uh, thanks for listening. I guess it's this is oh a two hour and sixteen minute podcast. Really good. Damn. Um, episode forty five. Oh, episode forty five. You know what that that's the number of you know who. Oh, gross. Yeah. So. Oh, fuck you, Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck you, Donald Trump. You're a fucking fascist pig, and I fucking yes. hate your orange face. I did like the part of the movie where it like his where Melania's life was like in a Disney story propaganda form. Oh and yeah. He's like he's like, and then he grabbed her by the pussy, and they started and they dancing danced the night away, and like her face is like, oh. <laughs> Have you ever been grabbed by the pussy, Marine? No, honestly, I have never been grabbed by the pussy. I have been. Yeah. Really? Yeah, on at a club dancing. (gasps) Grabbed by the pussy dancing. Yes. So you you obviously married this man. It was was Gus. (laughs) Yeah, it was Gus. No, I did. Your prince charming. I can't say who it was, but it was fucking disturbing. And I was like, it was hard. It was like being molested. It was fucking gross. I bet it was. Ew. Um. Anyway, but yeah. Okay. Um. Bye. Two O's. Two O's. Signing off. Two O's from Delco. Three o'clock, bitches. Three o'clock. You get raped. Oh, I was supposed to. That was going to be my sign off, but then I made this weird noise. What's another Todd's Lands thing? Um, I can't breathe. Podcast. Podcast. Do, do, do. Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Four house on the hill. From Delco. Four house on the hill. Oh, yeah. It's a four house on the hill. Two hoes. Don't roll your skirt too short. Everybody's gonna wanna be up in that shorts. <laughs>